This is the HCH Mortgage Podcast, brought to you by HCH Financial Services, a new brand powered by Holiday Cottage Handbook and HD Consultants. I'm your host, James Varley, the founder of Holiday Cottage Handbook, and the aim of this new series is to share everything you need to know about holiday-let borrowing. HCH Financial Services specializes in providing access to the best holiday-let mortgages on the market. Our team of award-winning brokers provide an unrivaled service Whether you're looking for your first holiday-let loan, a remortgage, or a financial product like life insurance or will writing. The team can also help you secure a range of other products, including residential, buy-to-let, and HMO mortgages, along with bridging finance and equity release. To get in touch with the team, call 01206 577266 or email advice at hchfs.co.uk. You can also visit the website for further details. It's hchfs.co.uk. Welcome to the HCH Mortgage Podcast. This is a new monthly show brought to you by HCH Financial Services. Our goal is to share everything you need to know about holiday-let mortgages and spotlight some of the leading products on the market. We will also highlight some case studies, keep a very close eye on interest rates and share the very best advice whether you are starting your investment journey or you already manage hundreds of properties. If you would like to get in touch with the show and submit a topic for discussion, you can email me directly, james at holidaycottagehandbook.com. Now, without further ado, it's time to introduce our special guest and expert summarizer. Samantha Termain is the lead consultant for HCH Financial Services and will be a regular contributor to this show. Samantha, it's a pleasure to welcome you to the very first HCH Mortgage Podcast. Hi, James. Lovely to uh, be here and thanks for inviting me. It is a pleasure. We're really looking forward to getting started. So today then we're going to go back to basics and explain exactly what a holiday let mortgage is and what you need to do to get one. Uh, Between us, we've compiled 12 key facts that everyone needs to know about holiday let mortgages. So let's get into it then. Fact number one is the purpose of the mortgage. So can you tell us exactly what you need a holiday let mortgage for and how it differs from a residential or a buy to let product, which people might be more familiar with? Yeah, so obviously like anything, when you're looking for purchasing properties, whether they are holiday lets, for this example, buy to let or a residential, you will need a mortgage product. Now, holiday lets are a little bit different, as in they're a specialist product that's been created purely for this niche sector. Um, you will obviously find that um, it's catered purely for the short-term rental market. So you will have the flexibility uh, of lenders in the way that they assess the rental income, and I guess we can move on to that a little bit later. Um, it's different from your buy-to-lets. Um, your buy-to-lets, as you, you know, most people may know, or if you're on the start of your journey, you would obviously have a, a fixed monthly payment. So for our side, it is a case of looking at that, you know, flexibility. I think that's key. Um, but they do come with obviously some caveats, so like occupancy restrictions. Um, so again, that's different from a holiday home. A holiday home is something that you're going to use purely for you and your family, not for business purposes. Um, and I guess I suppose 
bit the same, residential. It's for you and your family to live in, so that's completely different. It's not allowed to be rented. Um, and obviously, normally they're assessed on, on personal affordability. Holiday lets and buy to lets are on the projected rental income. Yeah, and um, if you buy a property to let as a short-term rental, you do need a holiday let mortgage. And I suppose a common uh, misconception is that you might be able to use a residential mortgage or a buy-to-let mortgage. This is a specialist product for a specialist investment. That is correct. So they've been created for investors and they're there for business purposes. So if you're going to be generating an income from that property, you will need a holiday let mortgage. So number two on our list is rental income consideration. And you just touched on this before. So when you're applying for a holiday let mortgage, what do you have to consider in terms of the rental income and how can you prove that? Okay, so this is, I guess, where the main thing comes into to question when you are looking at this. Um, we would ask our clients to potentially go and speak to um, specialist in the holiday let sector, either, you know, an estate agent, uh, a property management agent, so people like Sykes Cottages, for example, that's a well-known brand, um, or other online platforms to get hold of the either weekly or nightly um, rates on a low, medium or peak season. Because um, lenders are going to be using an average of those figures over, you know, for example, anywhere between 30 to 45 weeks to work out, you know, what, whether you meet affordability for the loan. Um, but again, you know, it's, it's that flexibility for these because they, we do know that there's going to be periods of time where you may have more bookings, um, or, or lower demand. Yeah, and if you do need to get that um, that projection, uh, when I was applying for my first holiday let mortgages and subsequently, I did get it from Sykes Cottages. So they will provide an overview. They'll look at your property. They'll compare it to others in the area and they'll give you a figure of what you can expect for low, medium and high. And this is what the lenders need to see to, to assess whether you're actually going to be able to afford the product, basically. That is correct. So number three then is the deposit that you need. And generally for holiday let mortgages, it needs to be a higher deposit, right? That is correct. So you're looking at a minimum of 25% deposit. So again, a little bit different than your sort of residential properties that you might put a five or 10% deposit down. Um, there are some lenders that may require a little bit more. So between 30 and 40% deposit. But that's going to be based on your overall circumstances and criteria. Yeah, so you are going to need a, a decent chunk uh, in order to get started in the in the holiday let sector. Um, number four then is interest rates. And obviously it's been a hot topic recently because they've been going up all the time thanks to the, the Bank of England. Um, and for holiday let mortgages, they tend to be a little bit higher than, than your average residential rates. Yeah, so the way that we would look at, at rates, for example, is we would compare them against the buy-to-let market. So if you're looking at a, a standard buy-to-let product at the moment, you're going to be looking at rates starting anywhere between sort of four, mid-fours to late-fours, depending on whether you're looking at sort of two-year or five-year products. 
Now, if you look at the holiday-led sector, they're normally between 1% to 2% higher. So you'd be looking at starting about 55 to sort of 6%, again, on a two- or a five-year product. And, and again, it's just seen as a little bit more of a riskier proposition due to that seasonal income consideration. And what are the best products that we've got available on the market right now? So at the moment, on a two-year for a holiday let, you're looking around 5.5 to 5.8. Um, five years, you're looking around the, the 6%, you know, up to, you know, 7.5% um, in, in starting rates. And how are things looking uh, over the next maybe year or so if people have got remortgages coming up? Are we looking at a bit of a downward trend? It, it seems like we might have peaked in terms of interest rates. Yeah, I think, it, you know, my personal perspective is that we will start to see a downturn in the market. You know, we are seeing lenders starting to decrease rates um, at the moment. You know, there have been some sub 5% rates um, issued depending on loan to value. But I guess it's more the fact of depending on what the Bank of England base rate does back in December and, you know, what the quarter one for, for next year, you know, uh, rates targets by the lenders um, are, are issued at. And how competitive is the uh, lending market right now? Are we seeing more lenders getting involved in holiday lets as, as the short-term rentals industry kind of increases? Yeah, I mean... Obviously, since COVID and the, the staycations um, increased, um, you know, we have seen so many more um, bespoke lenders enter that, that scene. And again, as just testament now to, you know, the current economic climate, you know, portfolio landlords, you know, may have lower yielding properties that they are looking to diversify. And this sector, you know, is increasing um you know, exceptionally where they, you know, they are obviously entering into, you know, the holiday let fields. We could talk about interest rates all day, especially, <laughs> we uh, can. especially in this country, but we, we will move on. So number five on our list is rental coverage ratio. Um, can you explain what this is and why it's important for a holiday let mortgage? Okay, so the rental coverage ratio is basically how lenders assess affordability. So they look at the, the financial performance or you know your net rental income and then they'll also look at your deductions and they'll use a ratio. Now most lenders will impose a minimum um, ratio, which is usually between sort of 125% to 165%. Um, and that's obviously dependent on whether you're a basic rate taxpayer a higher rate taxpayer or you're purchasing your holiday let under a limited company structure and then subject to those ratios is de- I suppose determine on how much you can borrow and what your affordability looks like. So if we if we break this down very very simply then if your rental income is a hundred pounds a month, let's say. Um, what could your your mortgage be? Or if your rental income is one hundred and twenty five pounds a month, your mortgage can be a hundred pounds a month. Is it something simple like that? Something similar to that. Yeah, it's just it's got to be able to cover you know the the monthly mortgage as well as your expenses, um, and you know that's going to be things like your your repairs, your maintenance, your fees um, for you know cleaning all the additional costs that you have on top of, you know, your, your property. 
got myself flustered there trying to do some very quick maths, which uh, haven't done for a long time. Um, number six, then seasonal income considerations, and I think this is the main reason why holiday let products are seen as a little bit more niche and a bit riskier by the lenders. That is correct. So you've got to bear in mind, you know, seasonal trends. Um, you're looking, you know, your school holidays, your summer months. People are going to obviously want to be around and they will book holiday lets to, you know, use as vacation homes, uh, a home away from home if they're, you know, but it, the, the winter months, that's when, you know, I guess there's a fall off. Um, you're, you're not going to pick up, you know, those kinds of, um, you know, the families and things like that, that, you know, would be looking to stay within the UK. So, I guess there's waves in in sort of I guess the income and this is where you know those um, questions are you know demand in the area what amenities are there in the area and um, because that will obviously have a, a consideration as to you know whether you're able to look at the the sort of off peak months in reality um, and whether it will look at a sort of a, a viable business proposition. Yeah, and I mean, there will be properties here if they're at the seaside, for example. I think it's probably going to be really seasonal. But if they're in the city centre, it's probably a year-round occupancy they can expect because they're going to get business travellers, people on day trips and all the rest of it. And I guess the, the lenders will look very closely at the location, right? They will. That's, uh, that is sort of one of the, the highlights in reality is, is, you know, when you're looking at location, as you mentioned, coastal destinations, city centres or cultural hubs, you know, areas of natural beauty, it, again, and, and your business travellers, it, it's seeing, you know, whether you're going to have, you know, a frequent turnover. And location is one of our, uh, it's number eight on our list, actually. So we'll skip to that now. Yeah. Um, in terms of the location, how kind of closely do the lenders look at it? And is there a possibility that they will look at a location and think, well, we don't think this is right for a holiday let uh, business, so, so we're not going to lend to you? That is the truth, unfortunately. Um, they they do look at, you know, the overall picture. Um, you know, if they feel, you know, if you're going to be, you know, in the middle of nowhere and, you know, there isn't anything that they could foresee um, it being used for, and, and it could potentially be seen then as, you know, are you buying it for your own use? Because um, that's where you want to be, not necessarily, you know, is there a, you know, an overturn of people that are looking to be in that area as well? And they can, you know, discount loans or decline loans based on, on certain criteria and location is one of them. Yeah, very, very important to to do your research, really, to do your due diligence and to make sure that you're investing in an area which is going to be popular for, for a short-term rental. Um, okay, we'll go back to number seven then, and it's use restrictions. So just explain what this is in, in mortgage parlance. Okay, so with a holiday let, um, the main thing is that the property's got to be available for 210 days and then it's got to be let out for at least 105 days. Now there's some lenders out there that will allow own occupation for up to 90 days. So they understand, you know, that you may want to use it yourself. You might be there if you're managing your own cleaning, you know, you might stay overnight and things like that. So there will be, you know, the ability to do that. However, there are some lenders out there 
that don't give you that flexibility. It's a business proposition. So, you know, you can't use that property and it will purely depend on your criteria and whether you want to use it yourselves, basically. Yeah, so they need to check that whether you're running it as a business or, or, or a holiday home for yourself, basically. that's the... Yeah, I mean, there is a mixture. Again, again, you know, key criteria is flexibility. It's just, you know, when you're speaking to your broker, you need to you know, make them aware of, you know, will you be using it or will it be, you know, for, for income generating purposes? All right, then fast forward to number nine on our list, which is minimum income requirements. So what do the lenders want to see? Okay, so most lenders um, require uh, you know, a minimum income of around 25,000. There are a couple of lenders that will go lower than that. Um, and there's some lenders out there that need higher, you know, between 40 plus. Um, it will be purely dependent on employment, um, location, um, and also whether you're an expat. So if you're living overseas and looking to invest within the UK, then they may want to see, you know, an equivalent sterling uh, amount um, to to make sure that you can cover any potential rental voids. So a period where there isn't a tenant or you haven't got bookings in place for a certain period of time. Yeah, I know all about this. The first couple of properties that I bought, I was I was an expat, and uh, and yeah, I think the minimum income for an expat was sometimes forty or fifty thousand pounds a year. Um, and also, I think they take into account the currency that you're being paid in, so they might look at like currency fluctuations as well, and uh, bear that in mind when they when they're coming to uh, approve your um, your your application. So yeah, lots of things to consider depending on you know your job, whether you're self employed for it, for example, as well. That's true. I mean, obviously, self-employed, if you're self-employed um, overseas, then, you know, there may be requirements for an accountant in the UK to verify your income. There may also be, I guess, looking at, you know, what whether you've got experience um, renting or managing a, a property, whether that would be a holiday let or a buy-to-let. Um, so there will be, you know, certain aspects that they will consider. But it's all around sort of the bigger picture, you know, does it make sense? You know, can can they see that this is going to be, you know, a viable um, opportunity for both the lender and yourselves? Absolutely. So number 10 on the list is specialist lenders. Now, talk us through why it tends to be specialist lenders in this space and why kind of your more mainstream lenders don't tend to get involved in, in holiday rentals. So it's more on risk appetite. You've got to think about it from your mainstream banks. They're probably getting their tranches of funds from larger institutions. Um, so they need to make sure that, you know, their back books are, are, you know, healthy for them. Um, with bespoke building societies, which the holiday lets, um, sector seems to sit in, they have a flexible approach to lending. So they'll, they'll look at, you know, you know, a, a personal approach. Let's put it that way around. Um, they'll look at you. They'll look at the property. They'll look at the area, you know, all the points that we're sort of covering today. Um, but it will be more of a common sense outlook. You know, we will be able to speak to underwriters and relationship managers to explain, you know, what you're looking to do and how best we can go about helping you. 
Yeah, more of the personal touch rather than the computer says no. Yes, we do uh, get a lot of tick boxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, number 11 then is uh, tax implications. We did touch on this a little bit before. Um, you need to be aware of the rules, first of all, to qualify for a furnished holiday let, which means your property has to be available for 210 days a year and let for 105 days a year. Um, that is the rule, I think, in England at the moment. It can be a little bit different in other parts of the country. Uh, certainly in Wales I know they've increased the number of days that your property actually has to be let for uh, but in terms of tax implications what can you tell us about that? We would always say speak to you know seek professional advice from a tax advisor they're going to be able to advise you first of all you know you may be weighing up the pros and cons of you know personal ownership under limited company ownership what tax advantages you get under both so we would always recommend speaking to a tax advisor beforehand to, to make sure that you know, you know what the best route is for you. Yeah, I mean, very basically with holiday lets, they're seen as a business investment rather than a personal investment. Um, you obviously need to do your own research here, but there are a number of advantages, uh, one of which is for a furnished holiday let you can apply to pay business rates instead of council tax, for example. But obviously, you need to do your research based on the location where you are. Um, if you need help in relation to that, you can go to the website uh, holidaycottagehandbook.com, download our free ebook uh, for hosts and property managers. All you need to do is put in your email. There's loads of tips and education and advice there. And uh, number 12, then, and final one is regulatory considerations. And this goes back to doing your research about the location of your property yeah i mean obviously from from pretty much sort of reiterating the same as you make sure you do your research because obviously you know we are looking at properties within england wales scotland and northern ireland each of those are going to have their own regulatory considerations um things to bear in mind from a lender's point of view um we're going to be looking at you know your epcs your energy performance certificates Lenders would like to see E and above. Uh, there are new rules and regulations coming into play, um, which, you know, we're hoping that they could be increased. So we would always say, you know, do your research beforehand to make sure that you understand, you know, whether there's any changes in the location that you're looking to purchase in or remortgaging. Yes, and there are different rules depending on where you are in the country. So it's going to be different in London where they've got a 90-day limit. It's different in Edinburgh. There's different rules in Scotland. As we mentioned before, different rules in Wales. So you really do have to do your, your research before uh, getting involved in, in the holiday let space. Uh, Sam, it's been a real pleasure to chat. Thank you for joining us for the very first episode of the HCH Mortgage Podcast. I look forward to how the future progresses. Yes, we've got many more episodes uh, coming soon. We're going to be touching on a bunch of topics, uh, including whether you should take an interest-only mortgage or a repayment, uh, loads of other things, including some case studies as well. So it's going to be exciting times for HCH Financial Services. All right, that's just about it for today's show. To get in touch with our team of brokers and access the very best holiday-let mortgages on the market, call 01206 577 or email advice at hchfs.co.uk. For further details, you can head to the website, which is hchfs.co.uk. Uh, finally, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email me directly, james at holidaycottagehandbook.com. That's it for now. 
We'll speak to you soon.